Hello, hello everyone. This is Kenny from the Big Sky State. I want to welcome you and thank you so much for joining me here on Cutting Fences. This is a podcast that advocates for the incredible people in the agricultural population who have suffered injuries, accidents, or have disabilities. Enjoy these amazing individuals, stories, experiences, equipment, life hacks, and more. This is a space molded to cultivate compassion, empathy, and support. So join my guests and I in eliminating barriers and uniting fields while we plant seeds of support to harvest humanity. Thank you so much for listening, and I invite you to be so inspired. Today, I have two very special guests, two very special people in the rodeo world, kind of in their own areas of rodeo, but also sharing a very common special goal within the rodeo world as well, which we'll go into. Um, But Jesse, I'll start with you if you want to kind of just introduce yourself, what you do and where you're from. Yeah, uh, I'm uh, Jesse Brown. I'm from Baker City, Oregon. And uh, yeah, I I rodeo for a living and I'm I'm a steer wrestler. And, uh, yeah, I met, uh, met you through Montana state, graduated from Montana state and then started rodeoing after that. Great. Yeah. Go Bobcats. You kind of had a special way of starting your rodeo career though. You, you transitioned from being a football player at Washington state and then moving into rodeo at MSU. And now you're kind of doing it big time, uh, which is pretty neat, but how did that transition feel? And how, how did you get to that point where you decided you were going to just go do rodeo? Um, after a few years at, at Washington state, it kind of seemed like it wasn't, it just wasn't my path. And it kind of seemed like something else was supposed to happen. I didn't really know what, and, um, my dad had rodeoed. So I, I thought I'd try it in order to do that. I needed to go somewhere that to learn. And, um, Montana state was kind of, um, got suggested by a couple people. So I went out there and, uh, <clears throat> yeah, basically try just learned how to rodeo and, I kind of remember the the weird part was that I go to these schools and it was, I was 21 or 22 and there's these little kids trying to learn how to bulldog and then, and me too. Um, and, uh, and then they knew a lot more than I did at that point. So that was kind of a weird dynamic, but, um, it, uh, I'm, I'm glad I transferred out there and got, got a bunch of help. And, um, I'm glad I switched from football to rodeo too. Yeah. It seems to have worked out pretty well in your favor anyway. Uh, so just to give kind of a background, cause a lot of people don't really know what the rodeo lifestyle looks like. So we were just talking about how you've barely been home almost all year. What is like a typical week look like for you as far as travel and in, in the heat of the season? Yeah. Our, our heat of the season's in the summer. Um, so, uh, we'll probably go to, uh, I don't know, three to six rodeos possibly a week in the summer. And, uh, I mean, it it consists of a a lot of driving mainly, um, a lot of driving, run a steer. Um, you, a lot of people always think that you stay till the end of the rodeo, kind of watch rodeo or whatever, but usually you just, um, let the horses rest for a little bit, load up and then, uh, drive to the next one. And, um, in steer wrestling, we have slacks, uh, as you know, but, uh, uh, so we'll have 8 a.m. slack and then maybe drive somewhere else for that night at 7 p.m. and um, then drive all night to the next one. So um, it, the summer is very busy and uh, you uh, you can't really dwell on a, on a run or anything like that because you're going to you're going to be running another one. You can't let it affect you. Yeah, which is better. 
No time yes. to dwell on it. <laughs> uh, so to put it in perspective, you said since basically November, you've been home like three days, you said, or what? For Christmas? Yeah, I left. I left November. Yeah, yeah. I left November 1st to start like practicing for the finals. And then uh, I think I was home for like uh, three or four days for Christmas. And then I've, uh, I've just been gone since and uh, going to all these winter rodeos and practicing down here and kind of just living wherever. But uh, yeah, I'm excited. I'm actually headed up. We got Redmond, Oregon rodeo this weekend. Awesome. Well, good. Well, you just came off a pretty big win, um, the American. What what did that feel like? One of the coolest feelings I've ever had. It was just, that stadium was packed with people, and Dallas Cowboys Stadium's pretty sweet still. And it's also crazy to think too that it really wasn't that long ago when you think about your accomplishments and in the timeline that you, as you mentioned, were sitting at a clinic with a bunch of younger kids thinking, you know, this seems weird, but it's pretty amazing your accomplishments that you've made in such a short time. And it doesn't come from, uh, from just luck and happenstance. I mean, you, you've worked really hard at it and you've also been a big influence outside of the arena, or at least in a different arena. Um, and that's really where I want to go into now is talk, talk to Ann Erica about Rascal Rodeo. So you have a very special role within the rodeo world you're the founder and executive director of rascal rodeo can you tell us a little bit about yourself rascal rodeo and then how how you started it how did you get to this idea yes so i grew up a city kid my mom was a school teacher my dad was a recreation supervisor for um, our town here in pasco and nobody in my family was involved in rodeo or ranching or any agricultural um, careers. And growing up, my brother, he's three years older than me, and he um, he tried out bull riding. He got a job at one of our um, local feed stores and got a job at a, um, a farm and no, he started out bull riding um, and then ended up as a steer wrestler because he grew to be like six foot two. <laughs> so I, I grew up kind of wanting to be a cowgirl, um, dreaming of it, and did not get um, to rodeo as much as I had um, dreamed of. I did do a little bit, but um, I... Um, I grew up playing sports. Um, I ended up going to college, um, on volleyball and track scholarship and in Portland and went and did that. And then, um, came and got a real job and came back home, got a real job and was laid off four jobs in three years. And I finally said, I need to start Rascal Rodeo. And, and I did. (laughs) Amazing. So Rascal Rodeo, what is Rascal Rodeo? So it's rodeos for people with special needs of all ages. And we've had a two-year-old. We've had a 92-year-old. It was actually my senior project in high school in 2001. Um, My brother had ended up at the National National High School Finals Rodeo um, for steer wrestling. And so I'd heard of them having the exceptional rodeo there. And I thought, that's pretty cool. Um, and so when I had to do a senior project, I thought I'm going to do that. And I tell people it's, it's in my, excuse me, it's in my blood. Um, my dad played a big part in bringing special Olympics here to the tri cities back in the early seventies. And then, um, it's my God given calling also. I mean, 
everything that's happened along the way in the last 12 years of um, starting it, <clears throat> there's just been so much stuff that's um, happened that you just, I mean, you know that God played a part in it. And um, so it was, it was started for them, for the participants to be cowboys and cowgirls, but it's more therapeutic as you know, anything else. And um, so we've, they get to come and um, we've got stick horse barrel racing, cow milking, which the cows are just plywood cut out and painted like a cow with calf bottles on the backside for the milk and it's temper paint and water mixed together. Um, <laughs> then we've got uh, calf roping, steer roping, buffalo ring toss, and then the horse rides. And we've even had Texas Longhorns come and um, give participants an opportunity to sit on there and get a photo op um, and, you know, farm animals, petting zoo type stuff. So it's, it's an opportunity for them to be cowboys and cowgirls, but it's more than just being cowboys and cowgirls. Very cool. And it's amazing how those projects can turn into your career. That's kind of what happened to me with cutting fences. So I can relate to that feeling. <laughs> yes, that's awesome. And that's, um, my school doesn't do them anymore. And I guess they're like high school or senior projects are like not a thing anymore, which I think is not very good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Make those kids get out there and work and do something, you know? Absolutely. Yep. I'm hundred percent with you. So yeah. as far as people getting involved, um, how can people get involved? How can rodeo athletes get involved? How can people donate? Um, and just how can athletes even get involved in this? Yeah. Um, we always offer their event free of charge to the participants, um, to help them feel as welcome as possible. And those families, they've already got so much uh, more expenses than the average family. So, um, it's always free for the participants. So we're always looking for donations, sponsors. Um, we actually just did our annual, um, we call it honky tonk hoedown and it's our annual fundraiser with live and silent auctions. But, um, we, uh, you can donate on our website through Facebook. Um, you can come volunteer. Uh, I always tell people you don't have to have horse or rodeo experience to volunteer or participate. Um, you just have to have a heart and everybody's got one of those. So um, participants can be any age and any disability too. Um, and a lot of your listeners might have piles of buckles sitting around and a couple years ago we started handing out belt buckles to the different to the each participant that comes in um with us that day and so at the end of the rodeo they we lay out this table full of belt buckles and they get to choose one to take home with them so it's um champion rodeo buckles to just like initial belt buckles and um tractors big rigs all different kinds of belt buckles. We just say they have to be all age appropriate. So if people have belt buckles, they'd like to donate, they can ship them to us and we'll get them to the participants. Wow. That's amazing. Uh, so Jesse talking about having a heart, you're, you're an amazing bulldogger and you're a great person. So how did you get involved with rascal rodeo? Um, during our circuit finals, uh, they put it on and, and I don't know, someone had mentioned something about it or, a flyer. I don't know exactly, but, um, we just checked it out. There was a group of bulldoggers, uh, that went and checked it out. And then every year since then we'd been going, um, 
going and helping out of the rascal rodeo. And, uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's a pretty cool deal. Um, I know Aunt Erica tells a story like, uh, that, uh, there'll be people that I can't remember if she said that had never talked before or, um, something like that. But, uh, you know, there was the one in Vegas this year, there was this kid in a wheelchair and he, uh, he did not want no part of nothing. He was crying and kind of throwing a big old fit and they wheeled him up there to get on the horse. And, uh, he still didn't want to do it. And, uh, so they had me pick him up. And I mean, I, I thought he was going to, you know, punch me. He, he didn't want me to touch him or even hear him. And, uh, we, we set him on the horse and, uh, as he's going around, I mean, smile from ear to ear. And it was, uh, I mean, he was living in that moment and he was so happy. It was uh, pretty cool to see. That's amazing. Yeah. And so you had a big part in, well, you were, you volunteered at the one in Vegas and that was, that was coming off a big night for you of, of winning the round. What did it feel like to go from kind of your world of signing autographs and doing interviews and everything else to take a step back and just be able to kind of dedicate some time to, to those participants? That, yeah, that was, I mean, I'm a very small part those guys, everyone else and Eric and everyone did a bunch more stuff than I did, but, um, it was, uh, it was pretty cool. Um, you know, it kind of puts everything into perspective, you know, you're, you're, you're living your dream right there. Um, you know, that hour that those kids are there, I mean, that might be some of the best time of their year. And, uh, you know, I, I won the round and, got to hang out with my friends and that was awesome. And then I come there and see some kids that got dealt, um, some tough cards and, um, for them to be happy in that moment, um, is, is pretty special and, and makes you uh, really appreciative and, um, you know, and, uh, really, uh, take advantage of, of, of good moments like that. Yeah. Humbling. I'm sure. Exactly. Um, so, and Erica, do you have a website and social media then? I just want my guests to be able to to connect with you and, and whether they become funders or just followers, it, it means the world to little small businesses like this. So Yep, yep, for sure. Every every like and comment, we we love it on social media. So yep, rascalrodeo.org is our website. And then if people just type in Rascal Rodeo um, on Facebook and Instagram. Um, we're, we're out there and we share, um, lots of our, uh, photos and videos. We have volunteer photographers that come and take pictures. And so we've got lots of really incredible shots, um, of each rodeo that we share on social media. Awesome. Well, uh, as we all know, we live in, in a crazy world right now. Um, and, and it's really realistically a world full of a lot of negativity. So I usually close my podcast out with some advice or positive words to my guests. Um, so. Yeah. I would just say, uh, work hard and have fun at whatever you're doing. Yep. When I, um, and I start crying a lot about talking about rescue rodeo, but, um, when I brought, when I started talking about this idea of starting a nonprofit with nothing to my name, just broke, um, people told me it was an unrealistic idea and, um, it was <laughs> looking back on it, but, um, just, you got to have faith and mustard, mustard seed size faith is what it takes just to keep going and, um, get to know God if you don't know him already, especially these days, but have faith and you just got to keep going. And if you've got a dream, uh, go with your gut and go get after it. 
I love that. That's something that I needed to be reminded of too, because it turns out doing this kind of stuff, starting something from the ground up is very hard. <laughs> and there's yes. days that I'm like, oh man, what am I doing? But yes. thank you both for, for everything that you do and for the populations that you serve. I appreciate it. And thanks for being a part of my podcast. Yeah. Thanks for having the platform and sharing it, letting us share with you. Absolutely. Thanks, Kendra. You bet. And Jesse, drive safe. I want to extend my greatest gratitude to my amazing sponsors. My prime sponsors include Joyce Fuel and Feeds, Helena Agri Enterprises, and Torgerson's. My choice sponsors include Stockman Bank, Nutrilix, Wilbur Ellis. My select sponsors include Montana Cattlemen's Association and Hoven Equipment Company. Thank you so much to all my sponsors for making this possible.